And there's two things I'll share with you in the science that really solidify it for me. One is called the reticular activating system. And so the reticular activating system is a part of your brain that is your brain's filter. And so if you think about all of the stimuli that we have coming into our world each and every day, your brain has to decide what's important. Like, mm-hmm. what, what do you really care about? And so how does it decide what's important? It decides what's important based on what you're thinking. So taking your thoughts captive, right? Your reticular activating, your brain's filter will filter things it thinks is important to you by what you're thinking about. That was Denise Wash. She has helped over a million people find their purpose and fulfill their God-given destiny. She started her career by working with families at the local mental health agency as a clinical psychologist and has continued on to use her talents as an entrepreneur to build a large team of motivated, positive, and passionate business owners. Her impact as a top earner in the direct selling industry has given her a unique insight on what drives people to action. As a former clinical psychologist, certified trainer with Jack Canfield, an elite coach with the John Maxwell team, and the author of an Amazon bestseller, Retire Your Husband, Denise knows how to tap into a person's ultimate potential and find their greatness. As you can tell, Denise have a lot of credibility. However, what got me really excited is about today, we're going to talk about how can you align your life, especially your thought life for success. We're going to talk about alignment over achievement. In this episode, you will hear Denise share her own story, her journey, but also scientifically proven how we can truly cast upon our thoughts based on the biblical principle so you can have your new year in the right direction with a real momentum. Now, let's check with Denise. Welcome to the Christian CEO Podcast. I'm Katie Bother and I have built an impactful location independent business since 2008 with plenty of rejections, English as my third language, and lots of God's grace. Each week, we will be sharing relevant and direct advice or inspiring interviews with one intention. It's your time to go pro with your marketplace calling. Now, let's get to it. Welcome to the show, Denise. Thank you. Thank you, Kelly, so much for having me. You know, uh, in the introduction, I already shared with uh, the listener audience uh, how awesome you are. But we always love that for you know, yourself, hear that your story. Uh, tell us a little bit about that, how you become, you know, where you are today. And, uh, uh, you know, share, your, share a little bit about your journey with us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, uh, to be honest, I feel like my journey started back in high school um, when I went on mission trips with my church. I felt a spark to serve. And I think that when you are in this place of feeling like you can give back, and we all know, right, when you give back, you get more than you expect. And so I fell in love with this idea of serving. And 
it was through these camp experiences. First, I was, you know, a, a camper, you know, I went and did mission trips and did service there. And then for four summers, I was a counselor. So I spent two summers in North Carolina doing home repair ministry. And then I did two summers in New York working with those who were in the foster care system. So kids would come from the city to the country where they saw stars for the first time and got mm. to run around in grass and all these things. And I uh, got to hang out with them as they discovered a world they didn't really know. And often the kids coming from the city who were in the foster care system, obviously they, they just had a lot of hard stuff that they were holding on to. Yes. There was there was trauma, there was neglect, there was feelings of just not being good enough. And I remember coming in as a counselor going, these kids are awesome. You know, they don't know how awesome they are. I felt like I could see them three steps ahead of where they saw themselves. And so I went into the field of psychology because I felt like that was my best place to pour that belief into people. Mm. You know, I feel, I realized later on that it's not just kids that don't know how awesome they are, but that adults often don't know how awesome they are. And we're often living underneath our potential. So I went into the psych world. I got my master's in clinical psychology and I was so excited and ready to change the world because I had spent all of those years pouring back and giving uh, to, to these communities. And I couldn't wait to step into a more professional role. Well, to be honest, it didn't take long for me to be tired, bored, burnout. <laughs> And I thought to myself, this is not where I want to be for the next 30 years. <laughs> mm, yeah. And that's what we're taught, right? We're taught to get a job. We're taught to stay there. We're taught, you know, and so I did all the things I was taught. But then when I got my first job, I realized that my community mental health center was not the place where I would best serve the world. And I felt my soul slowly dying. Mm. You know, in camp, I felt alive. I felt excited. I felt like I was living on purpose. I felt like I was using my gifts and skills and helping other people grow. And then when I was in the in my job, it was all about, you know, insurance and psych meds and paperwork and all of the things that souls that stuck to my soul dry. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I remember thinking, okay, well I have a choice, right? You either stay here and become a zombie. Or I, once you have that, that spark lit, I feel like you can't go back. And so I wrestled with this. All right, well, I, I, I either do what I've been told to do and I live for the weekends and my slow, soul slowly dies or I take a step and I follow that joy. And so I did. I became an entrepreneur about 12 years ago uh, and, and slowly but surely. It wasn't fast. I didn't know what I was doing. I'm not a business person, all those kinds of things. But I said yes to that spark. And over the years, I was able to quit my full-time job, lead a global organization. And um, you know, my husband and I found a place where we both could thrive. And now I'm using those gifts and skills that I so love that got me into the psych world within my organization. And I feel like it's the best of both worlds. Yeah, that's awesome. And um, well, we all know that God doesn't waste anything, right? Uh, whatever happened in our past and, and what we have uh, been through and all those knowledge that you have been, you know, uh, certified with and stuff like that. Uh, so 
I know that you recently, you know, you got you got your best-selling book called "Design Your Dream Life," and inside, what I love about it, it's uh, really is not just a lot of those books kind of slap on the bandaid and say, "Oh, that just be keep ourselves positive and stuff like that." And and the other thing I really uh, also obviously love more about you is because you're a sister, so you are you know, uh, have an awesome connection between the neuroscience and scripture. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, in your expertise, what is the connection between these two? Yeah, absolutely. And I can tell you that lights my fire too, because through the psych experience, you know, my, my degree, I learned a lot about the, the, that thought impact behavior. I learned about thought patterns. I learned about um, you know, the habits that we can create and how that impacts our world. But it wasn't until I heard Dr. Leaf, and I know you know, your community knows all about her. Yeah, Dr. Car- uh, Caroline Leaf, yeah. Yes, Dr. Caroline Leaf. She connected it to scripture for me in a way that I thought, oh my gosh, Jesus has been talking about this this whole time. Exactly. <laughs> and I was like, mind blown. And I thought so many people need to to know this too. So just an example, in Proverbs 18, 21, it says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, mm. and those who love it will eat its fruit. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is an example that what we speak about, we bring about. And there's power in our words. And there's a, lo- a lot of reasons for that. But when you read the Bible with that new lens, I thought, oh my gosh, Jesus knew this too. And, and it really was profound for me. Roman, Romans 12, 12 says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So the, the renewing of your mind, choosing, taking every thought captive and choosing the thought pattern that best serves you in the world um, is all over the Bible. And then when you connect it with Dr. Caroline Sleaf's work, me and and then even neuroscience and quantum physics, which are saying that that what we speak is not just words, but it actually is radiating kind of an energy out into the world, which mm-hmm. boomerangs back, and we get what we what we believe, we get what we think, we get all of that comes comes full circle. And there's two things I'll share with you in the science that really solidify it for me. One is called the reticular activating system. And so the reticular activating system is a part of your brain that is your brain's filter. And so if you think about all of the stimuli that we have coming into our world each and every day, your brain has to decide what's important. Like Mm -hmm. what, what do you really care about? And so how does it decide what's important? It decides what's important based on what you're thinking. So taking your thoughts captive, right? Your reticular activating, your brain's filter will filter things it thinks is important to you by what you're thinking about. So you can imagine a pregnant person. All of a sudden, there's pregnant people everywhere. Have Mm -hmm. you ever noticed that? I know when I had my two boys, all of a sudden you start noticing pregnant people at the mall, pregnant people, you notice, oh my gosh, a nursing room? I didn't even know they had those, you know? Yes. And and why is that? Because you're thinking about your own pregnancy at that time. Another Mm -hmm. example is when you're going to shop for a car. Yes. You know, maybe you're getting a, I don't know, black convertible, and all of a sudden you start seeing them everywhere. 
they probably were there the whole time, but your brain didn't deem it important until you were thinking about it. So that's just another example about how uh, what we think about, we truly do bring about. And then the second example that I love is that our subconscious cannot differentiate between a real or an imagined event. Mm -hmm. So if you think about what you're thinking about and what you're picturing in your mind, as kids, we often think we can change the world. We become superheroes and we're Batman or we're, you know, baseball players and we just think big. We've got big imaginations. But then as we age, that imagination can slowly shift to fear. And then we start thinking, well, what if we lose our job? And what if this happens? And what if that happens? And what if the health, my health goes bad? And what are my kids going to do? And we use that same power of imagination, but we use it for negativity. Mm -hmm. And what I found is that your subconscious doesn't know it's real or, or imagined. And so it's going to figure out how to make it real. Um, it's going to, it's going to connect the two. So if you're living in that imagination and if you're based, that's going to often be what you find. And if you live, use that same power of imagination with what it is you want, your subconscious has to figure out a way to make that true too. So those are just two examples of how, what um, I have learned throughout scripture and science is confirming um, how it all, like it all just connects, doesn't it? Yes. Yes. And I, Love what you say about, you know, about the quantum physics that part a uh, few, mom- few moments ago. It's interesting, like last night when our uh, uh, Christian CEO university, CCU members got together and uh, somebody asked a question about, you know, a lot of new age people talk about manifestation and things like that. And uh, uh, what does that difference then? We say, okay. In the Bible, say we have to, you know, have a vision because the Bible say that, you know, my people perish because of no vision, and then so mm-hmm. create vision board and claim about it and stuff like that. I think we need to realize um, as a question. Actually, God already gave us so many weapons, in my opinion, weapons, and uh, 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 you know, like I, I just sometimes I think imagine that we have a you know, uh, like you are an army and then we have a storage of a different kind of weapons um, to against the darkness and then everything is there. It just, we are not using it. And then when we see other people using it and then we kind of, oh, so that's not biblical then. That's not our thing. So we just shy away to use that. And uh, as you say that when our thoughts go out and it's not just, thoughts but you know it it will attract what what we put it out uh it's a biblical it's like what we just say if you are shopping for blue car you're gonna start to see blue car every everywhere so while we are on that topic that's just i think logical to ask this though so you mentioned because if a lot of people if they continue dwell in the negative zones of their thoughts, right? And then that obviously will get them to the uh, fear, mm-hmm. right? Uh, although that Bible said that, you know, God did not give us a fear and give us a power and sound mind. So can you tell us then how to free ourselves from the fear and guilt? Mm-hmm. 
Ooh, yes. Great question. Because those are what we stew in often. Yeah. Um, if you think of that rabbit trail that, you know, it, it's that thought habit, something happens, it's triggered. And all of a sudden, you know, you're living down by the river in an old van, you know, <laughs> it's just like all of a sudden you're, you're taking your, your thoughts, take you down this path. That's not true at all, but so often we live there. And so fear, guilt, resentment, jealousy, a lot of those negative emotions keep us stuck in that and using our imagination um, in that negative way. So a couple things that I am reminded of whenever I start, because I'm even though I know this stuff, right? I'm still triggered. I still am human. I still have emotions and feelings and relationships. And so I have to use these skills myself often. And so the first thing that I will do when I'm starting to feel negative in that way is I'll ask myself the question, what is true? Mm. What's true? What's the truth? What's the truth? And this is where you can really um, go to the Bible and say, what does God say about me? What does God say about my, about my situation? What's the truth? Because the truth is I'm not living in a van down by the river. The truth is I have, you know, the truth is I'm healthy. The truth is, and so the, you write a list of all of the things that are true in the here and now. What's true? What's true? What's true? And, and then the second thing that I ask uh, myself is, I make a proud list. It's kind of like a gratitude list, but um, it again takes me to a little bit further of, I'm, I've, I'm a lot further than I'm giving myself credit for. So I think sometimes again, when we're stewing in that negative zone, we can think nothing's working and I'm trying so hard and nobody, everything's against me, all that kind of stuff. When really you are taking steps, even if it's not gigantic leaps, you're probably further along than you're giving yourself credit for. So um, what is true is the first question. Creating a proud list is the second question. And then the third question um, I ask is, what do I really want? Now, this is where the alignment comes in. Because when I say, what do I really want? Um, I think an easy flippant answer is like, I want to eat brownies without gaining weight. Like, that's not really what I mean. <laughs> like, what do I want? Um, to me means like a deep soul, like what fills my soul? What do I really want? What does God really want for me? What is that? Like what out of all of the things on this earth, what is the most important to me? What do I really want in this situation? And then I start writing out exactly what it is like the perfect scenario would be. And I find that those three things um, and it can be onion layers. It's not like it's a flip of the switch necessarily, mm -hmm. but really getting grounded in what's true and now, realizing how far you've already come, and then getting a clear vision of what it is that you want can help move your emotions from that negative more to a, a, a faith-filled space where you're going to actually then take steps towards what you want. Yeah. So in your book, you mentioned about alignment over achievement. Can you explain that to us? Yeah, yes. This is, this is really important because you can do a lot of action and have it feel restless and have it feel um, forced, have it feel, it doesn't feel good. You know, you can do a lot of the things. Yes. Um, but you, that doesn't necessarily fill that void. And so what I've learned, and I think it started with camp when I was, uh, you know, you're, when I wasn't making any money, I wasn't. 
I was volunteering (laughs) and they gave me a place to live, but I felt so alive there. And so I realized that uh, the more that I stay connected to that feeling of aliveness, that connection with the Holy Spirit, uh, I trust the rest will come. And it has, you know, the more value I add, everything else falls into place. And so staying in alignment to me means my morning routine. It means um, creating a space to read and learn, uh, creating a space to listen and pray. So I'll, I'll, I have created some journals that help me in my morning routine to do just that. So alignment, you know, prayer is asking and talking to God. Meditation is listening and just being quiet and listening to that still small voice. So I really make a point to do that as consistently as possible because I feel like that can bring me back into that alignment where I'm living from that place of joy and I trust that everything else falls into place. Yeah, I love that. And I think uh, often in the community, we say that um, in the online world, there are so many uh, teachings uh, about, okay, uh, grab this formula or this, this framework, then you can get your six figure in XYZ day uh, without considering that individualize that the seasons in life. I think uh, uh, I recently gave a, a, a keynote uh, and one of the, key, the points that really touched people's heart and deeply is like people say, you know, if I am a single parent and uh, especially my kids are young, how they run their business will be quite different than a parents in their empty nester age. Right. And because I think align with the season we are in and God is God's season, you know, God gave us a grace of now. Uh, it's no use to claim the past glory or eager to go future that if we don't have grace for it, um, even just that like you say by force to achieve a lot of things and you probably still won't stay in the peace. Uh, yeah. You feel you feel wrestling. So, Denise, if I got to ask you, say, because uh, your book called Design Your Dream Life, if I got to ask you, say, if there's a three things that you can encourage people uh, to uh, go forward this step to truly can design their dream life, what would that be? Ooh. You know, dream life to me is aligned life. Like, because dream life, it doesn't... I'm not saying there's a specific success formula um, mm-hmm. that you, because success means so many different things to so many people. Yes. I would not have n- known back in my teens that on my dream board would be doing recess duty once a month with my boys. I have an eight-year-old and a five-year-old, and I love that I can volunteer at recess duty. I love it. Until they don't want me there, I will be there. <laughs> And I, and I walk around and I go, this is my dream life. Like, I love that I get to do this. And so dream life is an aligned life because success mm-hmm. is in the eye of the beholder. So really think about what it is that you really want, what lights your soul on fire. And so what I do is I teach you a four-phase approach that we call the dream life pathway. And the first phase is all about mindset because, again, you can do the things And if you have that negative mindset, you're not going to get the results. So we do talk about retraining your brain, um, epigenetics and creating new neural pathways and creating those thought patterns so you can um, 
then continue. So when you do take the action, it's a bit more inspired than it is forced. And then phase two is all about that heart connection. Mm. And so phase two is about life purpose and really, again, listening and allowing those things to bubble up and, and saying, all right, God, what do you have for me? You know, what is it that when I say, what do I want? Um, I mean, what, what's important to me? Like what, what makes me feel, feel joyful? What do I really connect with? What are my favorite things? And taking them seriously, because I think often we take our strengths and our joys and we think they're everybody's strengths and joys and we don't take them seriously. We don't honor them. And so I'm asking in phase two to really come up with that life purpose statement and honor who you are and who God made you to be and your strengths and your joys. And then in phase three, we put it on the calendar because we know, right? We say action, if action is king, belief is queen. Belief is the, the fuel for the action. You got to have both. Uh, you can't just forget to take action. So we want to put it on our calendar. <laughs> and yeah. so phase three is all about that. It's really putting it on your calendar and taking, um, and, and making it a priority so you really can see change. And then phase four is probably um, the most important because I think it's the easiest to overlook. And phase four is all about the, the, the fear, the guilt, the resentment, the anger, the, the, the invisible tethers that are holding us back. And I worked with Jack Canfield for quite a while, and he explains it in this way. He says, you could take a, a car going down a hill with the emergency brake on. Mm. And you could try, 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 try to go faster, but you're just not really going to go much faster. Yes. Or you could release the emergency brake. And all of a sudden, without much effort, you will, your car will go faster. And I found that in my own life, when I healed through hurts, when I forgave, when I let go of things that were emotionally tethering me to the past, I was then able to, to live in the here and now and have that excited vision for the future. So phase four is all about that freedom of releasing some of those things that are holding us back. Well, we cannot wrap up this interview in a much better way. So guys, as you see, you just need to get the book <laughs> and also uh, connect with uh, uh, Denise. Uh, we surely will put all her social media and uh, all the URL in the show notes. But just tell us now, Denise, that you know, there's somebody listening now, where they can find you and how to connect with you. Absolutely. Go to denisewalsh.com. Uh, you can purchase the book straight from there, or you can go straight to Amazon, design your dream life. And there's, there's work uh, within it. So there's going to be questions for you to ask yourself to take yourself on a journey. And I'm excited to hear your favorite parts as you go through it. That's awesome. Thank you so much for today, Denise. Thank you. Are you fired up? I hope so. You see, we purposely chose this episode to be released in the first week of January because we know that so many of you that you like to set the new goals for your new year. But here's the thing. I want you now picture three circles, small, medium size, and large size. So in the most outer ring, the biggest circle, it represents your goal and it represents the what you want to achieve. Then the middle size uh, circle in the middle, it's the how. After you figure what you want to achieve, and then you try to find a way to achieve it. And then to the 
smallest circle in the middle of these three circles, basically in the core, it's the why. It's the identity. It's the way that you think who you are. And if you don't deal with the core, and which is the all pattern of doing things, and it started from our thoughts pattern, right? Then it no matter what kind of goal you set there, and no matter what kind of system or strategy you try to push yourself to do it, it won't work. I'm sure you already can resonate with this. Have you ever set a goal and you did not achieve it? Okay, I'm raising my hand here, guilty as a charge. That's what I figured until that we really deal with the core, understand what Bible is teaching us, align with the scientific proof that gave me power and wisdom and clarity to move forward. So when the tough time hit, I have a resilience to push through. So that is the main goal of this episode. I hope you enjoy it and please let us know your feedback by email us at the podcast at katiebow.com or leave a comment in iTunes. And for all the goodies, including Denise's book link information, please go to kellybottle.com forward slash 071. Again, that's kellybottle.com forward slash 071. Are you one of the Christian leaders that you would like to stand out, establish your own blue ocean, and create a profitable business you love and totally identity aligned? Well, if you are, I would like to invite you to access to one of my free masterclass. Actually, was a live presentation on stage at my mentor, Chris Docker's uh, annual signature event called Upreno Summit. The presentation is called The Power of One Framework. And why is this so important? If you like to create a whole lot more impact in the coming year and beyond, you feel like you might hit a plateau in your business or you have been touring around in the base camp, meaning in the bottom of the mountain that God asks you to conquer, then this presentation is for you. With all transparency, when you access to that presentation, you will be also added as my VIP list for the coming signature program called the Power of One Framework. It's a mentoring program, and we cannot be more excited about this because we haven't seen anything that this for Christian entrepreneurs just yet. And are you surprised? Actually, probably not. Why? Because God always likes to show off His wisdom. And what do I mean by that? Four months before that presentation, I was crying out to the Lord, say, Father, how can we help? How can we get rid of the imposter syndrome? How can we stop the comparison game and shining object syndrome? How can we get as many as your children to the past 
identity align that what you have called them to do, create a whole lot more profit so they have the margin to give more and serve more. So if you feel resonate with this message, then go to kellybottle.com forward slash learn. I will see you there. Hi there. If you have found this episode resonating with you, would you please consider to take a moment and drop a review on iTunes? It will serve a fresh dose of blessings to those of us who work so hard to produce the content week in and week out. Please go to kellybottle.com forward slash review. Again, that's kellybottle.com forward slash review. We really appreciate it. And you will also help more fellow Christian CEOs find this podcast. Thank you so much. Remember, you matter. See you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Christian CEO Podcast at www.kellybotter.com.